Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we head on down to our favourite bottle shop and try and pick something new. Yeah, and uh, today we are getting back to basics and giving you a little info on how to get started on wine or get a friend of yours started on wine if they just don't have the taste for it yet. They will after the episode. They will. (laughs) I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so we are back and talking about beginner wines or starter wines or how to develop the taste for wine. Or how to pick a decent wine when you've got no bloody idea. Yeah, to to pick one that's (laughs) safe when you don't know what sort of palate the people who are going to be drinking it have. Yeah. Because they're all basically in the same category. You're looking for things that have fresh, simple flavors Mm. and as an added bonus these all tend to be on the cheaper end of the scale because they're cheaper uh, wineries go for or cheaper wines seem to go more for uh simple and smooth yeah and simple and smooth is is always the the good starting point as we mentioned in our previous beginners episodes Mm. smooth and simple is always a great starting point you add too much complexity and it's it's little, confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while we're still at the start, I just want to apologize for the sound of my voice. Um, I had surgery on my shoulder the other day and they, with surgery, they put a tube down your throat or with the general anesthetic, they put a tube down your throat to make sure you can still breathe. And one of the after effects is a sore throat. It's fun. Yeah. Good times, good times. And on that note, wine. Wine. So, you're right, it does smell fresh. So, for the the test of wine that we've got to try today is, or beginner wine that we've got to try today, it's a rosé. It is a Pinot rosé, to be precise. Mm. And uh, this is the Dreambird Pinot rosé 2019. Now, technically, I could have held onto this for a year or two. But it's also <laughs> fine to drink right now. Yeah. I mean, most wines are. You don't really age them for particularly long. Mm. Unless, you know, it's a sparkling and designed for such things. Although I had a Shiraz a couple of weeks ago that tasted... It It was too fresh. It was a 2017 and it was too fresh. Mm, it, it may have needed more time. It, well, yeah. we, when we left it for like a week, then it tasted good. Ah, um, so I thought that was interesting. We could have at least left it till twenty twenty two or something, twenty twenty three. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, with um, young wines tend to be very fresh, refreshing, often fruity, depending on the variety. Mm. But this this Whereas was just with things like a tough. Shiraz, if they're too young, they can get really bitey, mm. and it was very tart. Like surprisingly sour. Yeah, they they mellow and almost ripen with age. Mm. So we're 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 saying this because we are recommending to get a a wine with a relatively flat divot on the bottom. 
There was a word for that. I can't remember. It's a quaffing wine. No, I mean the the name for that divot on the bottom. Oh, no, I don't remember the name for the divot either. Yeah. The name escapes us, but... Yeah, on the very bottom of your bottle of wine is is a divot. The deeper the divot, the longer you need to hold onto it for. That Well, the longer it needs to be aged for before it's good to drink. Or the longer you can age it for. There are some who make wines that they you could age for five to ten years, but they may recommend that you should drink it straight away anyway mm. because it's good now. Yeah, it could be good enough now. Yeah, and I've certainly hit wines like that where they've got a shallow divot, but they say on the label that you could age it if you wanted to. Mm. But they made the they made the divot shallow not because you have to drink it within the first year or two, but because they want you to. Yeah, and that I mean that all comes down to the uh, vineyard's recommendation. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And you can get wines, white wines with deeper divots that you can hold on to, but I've not found a lot of whites that aren't also good within the first year or two. Mm. And yeah, I found the same. Um so these these divots, they just they're mostly based on the wait when you're buying one and looking at the divot look at the age on the front. So if it's already five years old and still has a quite deep divot, it's probably good to drink now anyway versus a, uh, say, 2018 or a 2019, given that it's 2019 we're recording this. Yeah. Um, a 2019 with a fairly flat divot is good to drink now as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Because most of the time, if it's not good to drink straight away, they won't release it in the year that they bottled it. They'll wait. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so if this particular 2019 wasn't good to drink now, we wouldn't have been able to buy it till next year. Mm. But, it, I mean, it is the end of 2019. So. It is. It is the end of 2019. It may have come out earlier in the year. It probably did. Yeah, it could have been last season's wine. Last yeah. Season. Yeah. Um, so, trying a, uh, a wine for the first time, we, like, for the very, very beginners, I would probably recommend something like a Moscato, if you like sweeter things, just because yeah. it's easy to drink. Oh, it's it's ridiculously easy to drink. It's barely even wine, <laughs> as, as far as the flavor goes. And I know I say that a lot, but that's because it doesn't really have a lot of a wine taste to it. Mm. But it's close enough for people that aren't super familiar with the taste. Yeah, it's it's a good entry point. That or a rosé, which is also very simple, very fruity and fresh, which is what a Moscato tends to have going for it as well. Mm. Well, Uh, rosé is the same as a a white or a red. They just blend the two together to get that pink colour. You still have a big range of sweet rosés to dry rosés. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, because a a rosé is really, it's a good safe entry point to cross from white to red. Because if Mm. there's a a good start point for someone who just doesn't like wines at all, you don't want to start them in reds. You want to start them in whites. 
and then transition them across via the rosé. Mm. Although they may get a fat, they may absolutely love Chardonnays or something, and then you can throw a Shiraz at them, and they might just love it anyway. You never know; everyone's different. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to get, I suppose, a feel for what kind of wines. Well, what sort of flavors that person likes, because yeah. that can dictate what sort of wines they'll like. Mm. And still, I mean, starting the more mellow end of it. Like, don't start with a full-bodied, heavily tannic Shiraz for, you know, anybody for their first wine. Because no matter how much you like it, they probably won't if they've never had red wine before. Well, case in point, I threw threw out a 20, like a really old wine that was probably like $30 a bottle because I didn't like it. Yeah, you just hadn't developed the taste yet. Yeah, this was like 10 years ago, though, 10, 11 years ago. I think I've told that story before. Was gifted a bottle of Shiraz and I threw it out because I thought it was off. <laughs> wow! But that, but that's how it was. Like, it tastes off when you don't know. Like it tastes bad when you don't know. Yeah, because wines have flavors to them that you don't get from any other drink. And if you were to taste that in a lot of other things, you would think it was off. Mm. Like if you, like if you tasted that in fruit juice, you wouldn't want to drink the rest of that. No way. No, but when it's mixed just right in a wine, mm. and you're used to it, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um. So I suppose a quick rundown of the the big selling varieties is would be. Yeah, I mean, as right we've, for that. we've mentioned uh, previous in previous episodes what the most popular are, mm. but certainly a good time to go through it again. Chardonnay, obviously, yeah, right up the there. But it's also the more drier of the whites. Mm, it is. For a fruitier or sweeter white, a um, Riesling is, is a pretty safe entry point. Yeah, or a Pinot Gris. Yeah, or a Pinot Gris. Exactly, and... Of course, we have a bit of that in this Pinot Rosé that we're drinking. Mm. So we're we're expecting uh, light, fruity flavors, maybe a little bit of tartness. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, we can expect a little bit of tartness out of it. But and, it should and a be, nod. Yeah, it should be wrapped in some fresh fruitiness. Mm. And a nod in the tannin direction because it's a rosé. Yeah, and of course, Moscato is not as popular as you would think. No. But I think well, mostly because wine drinkers don't really drink it. Yeah. Just uh, people that want to get drunk. Hmm. That's not bad. It's um, It's got a... Quite a bitey smell, but the flavor's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's dry and it's a little bit tart, but it's also fruity. Mm. Very light, very, very light on the palate. Mm. Yeah, definitely something where if there's someone who you know likes things that are a little more on the bitter side. Mm. Like if they like dark chocolate. Yeah. 
this is probably something that would be a good entry point. Mm. Dark chocolate, fruitcake was another one, given that it's almost Christmas. Um, I suppose dried fruit as well. Fruit and nut mix. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the uh, the manufacturer themselves. Mix. Oh, yes. Trail mix, definitely. Mm. Um, they describe this wine as being salmon pink, which it absolutely is. I mean, you, you can't see it right now, but it is salmon pink. <laughs> We're not playing that drinking game anymore. <laughs> And uh, they say, with red berry flavors and a dry, savory finish. Mm. And yeah, that's easily the least faffy, most accurate description I've read on a wine label for quite some time. Yeah, same. Straightforward, to the point. And true. It's There's not a lot of complexity mm. in this. It's a young wine. You're not expecting a lot of complexity from it, but... It's smooth, it's pleasant. It's mm. definitely got those berry flavors. Like a raspberry. Yeah. Raspberry-like flavors. Mm. And and almost the sort of tartness that you might get from a, a raspberry pie or a raspberry tort or something. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. And so those are, I guess, the things that we consider in... Uh, in selecting a wine to start somebody off on now red wines naturally the most popular because we we did kind of digress halfway through talking about the most popular varieties but, uh, Shiraz is up there yeah it Pe- is one of the more popular and Merlot Merlot and then Pinot Noir on the other end of the scale yeah um so the easiest ones to drink out of those three are probably the Pinot Noir and Merlot and the Merlot, absolutely. And I mean, if you're trying to get somebody across from the smoother end of reds, having you know, having drawn them in with a rosé, and then brought them up through a Pinot Noir and Merlot, a Merlot Shiraz blend, mm. or even a Shiraz Grenache brand blend. Yeah, because you uh, cracked one of those a while ago, and that was. Awesome. That was super smooth. Yeah, when a Shiraz has been blended with just the right thing in just the right way, you can take all the bite out of it, but keep the delicious spice. Mm. And that's probably one of the one of the good things to look for. Like, a, if you want to start on the he- heavier end of wines, go for a go for a blend because it eases you can ease you into it. Or it can just be a fantastic drop in its own right. Yeah. Because some straight Shirazes are amazingly smooth. Mm. But they're few and far between. Yes, it's it's a risk if you're not used to really heavy, full-bodied, fleshy sort of red wines. It's risky to go to a straight Shiraz. Yeah. You could put yourself off. You could put your friend off yeah. if you're intent on sharing it with a friend. Mm. But another thing to keep in mind is, and this is kind of another flashback for us, food pairings. Oh, because yeah. you can make a drink so much more palatable by pairing it with exactly the right thing to mm. complement its flavors. Mm. I don't have any good examples off the top of my head because you caught me off guard with that one. But I mean, to to write back to our food pairings episode, when I shocked you and possibly some of our listeners by pairing a Shiraz with dark chocolate. 
Oh yeah, that was. I I'm trying to avoid that uh, that that pairing because it, I've used it so much. I've used that description so much, but it's just it it works, and the the two flavors just paired well. Bold, rich, dark. Both apply to Shiraz and dark chocolate. Yeah, and while by themselves the dark chocolate could be a little overwhelming and you wouldn't want too much of it, and the Shiraz may be a little overwhelming and you wouldn't want too much of it, to have them together, mm. they sort of leveled each other out. Mm. You know what would also go well? Shiraz and rum balls. Yes, that probably would also go well. It's two very strong, spicy sort of flavors mm. that, I don't know, maybe it's like overwhelming the palate to the point where the flavor is just dull. It could slightly. be. It could be. I don't know. I'm not a food scientist. <laughs> yeah, admittedly, neither am I. I just know what works. Yeah. And, and, and that that's all we can do, really. Yeah. Just go with what works for our taste buds. And yeah, so if there's a wine that you absolutely love and you've got a cheese that you know your friend absolutely loves that will pair well with that wine you'd like to introduce them to. Well, I mean, why are they eating cheese without wine? Yeah, where have they been? <laughs> what have they been doing? Have they been pairing it with beer? You can do that these days, you know. Yeah, and whiskey. Mm, and whiskey. Yeah. Um. Doing all right, 17 minutes. Nice. Yeah, so those are, I guess, some good basic ideas. Now, if you yourself have no knowledge of wine and are just looking to get started... Or, getting a, or getting a gift for someone. Yeah, someone who you know likes wine. Mm. and you don't, But you don't know what sort of wine they like because you don't know wine. Then certainly the safe points... If you know they're like reds, Merlot, mm. pretty much always a safe bet. If and, and probably a Pinot Grigio is like right in the middle for a white. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I suppose on the more on the more obscure side, Vognier is. Mm. A less well-known, but very fresh, very smooth. And I think I've I've seen that. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen that one paired with a Pinot Blanc before. Yeah, I mean, Voignier is a white varietal that I've often seen paired with Shirazes and other bitey reds. Mm. It just mellows out those harsh tannins given that there's none in there itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you want to introduce yourself to it and you don't want to take the uh you don't want to take the road through Moscato, <laughs> then yeah, try try, try some here. sort of a blend. Ask yourself what kind of flavors do you like from food? Mm. And then, you know, listen back to our previous wine episodes where we explain to you what what the flavors are that are in each of the varietals. We've covered most of the noble grapes now. Just about. Um, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered them all. This episode's pretty much... Well, this episode's 
kind of designed to be a rundown of of all the varietals, so yeah. you can help pick. Yes, yeah, just a, a how a good one. how do you take all that knowledge we've given you in the previous wine episodes and use it to pick a wine? Yeah. Um, and so, if you're listening to us at the bottle shop and you've got rows and rows of bottles in front of you and you don't know what you're doing, um, I suppose just ask a staff member. They'll they should know. Yeah, if you can tell them what sort of flavors you want, they should be able to tell you what sort of wine you'll find them in. Mm. And a good uh, winery always puts a description of the flavors on the bottle. Whether or not they are completely accurate is I'm unsure about. Still, I still don't believe them all the time. No, some some of them seem to just be a bit puffed up. Yeah. With things where you taste it and you're like, there is no universe in which that flavor is in this bottle. Yeah. But it does give you a starting point to uh, pair with food. So, for example, red berries and... What was the other thing on there? Red berries and... Uh, so, red berries and... Um, well, dry savory finish. Yeah, which means something fruity or something savory could safely be mm. paired with this. It's probably a bit dry to go with a dessert, but it would yeah. definitely go with uh, milder, f- milder foods like seafood, like a, a baked salmon or something like that, or a baked baked fish with lime. Yeah, true. Because you don't really want to pair it with something that tastes like it. No, not the same. You want similar. Yeah. Yeah, you either want contrasting flavors or complementary flavors Mm. rather than the same flavors. And I think it's much hard to get contrasting flavors right versus complementary flavors. Because red berries, you know what red berries are. They're like raspberries, strawberries, that kind of thing. Yeah. If you were having them with a savory dish, like... uh, like if you took the, all the sweetness out of those red berries and then had them in a savory dish, that's the kind of dish you'd want to have with with this. Yeah, well, you're you're almost filling a gap in the flavor palette. Yeah, it it gets kind of technical when you when we're digesting it like this, when we're going through it like this. But this is how it works. This is kind of like flavor science. yeah and yeah that that flavor science can take something that a person might otherwise not like and make them love it Mm. Uh, so next point if you're at the bottle shop and you don't know what to pick but i guess have a vague idea of which wine look for awards yeah a a wine that has won awards at an international wine and spirit competition, but they will put them on the label because that's a marketing uh, note. Yeah, and it generally means that it's really good. Mm. So the more the merrier with with the medals. Um, price point? Um, I suppose that depends on the country you're in. Um, in Australia, you can get wines for about a bottle of wine for about four dollars a bottle. You can get a bottle of wine for about four dollars a bottle. Um, 
our good drop territory is about $20 a bottle and top drop is about 50 And you can hit gold anywhere in that scale. Yes. Which makes it hard picking based on price point. But safe to say, don't get... Don't go for the cheapest. Go for a little, for at least a bit above the cheapest. Yeah, and I guess the last thing to look for is region. If you know what flavors you're after, and you've paid a little bit of attention when we've talked about the effects that regions have on the flavors of wine, mm. then you can use that as well to get one that's a little more in the direction that you want because, you know, certain wines will have a certain flavor, but that flavor will be slightly sweeter or slightly tarter depending on where it was growing. Hmm. Like an Australian Shiraz versus a Californian Shiraz or Californian Syrah, they're going to be different because of the climate. Yeah, exactly. Well, same with an Australian Pinot Gris and a Pinot and a European Pinot Gris. Very different. Yeah, or even from different regions of the same country. Yeah. Yeah. That still blows my mind. Like, the mic changed the climate by, like, a degree, and it changes the flavor of the grapes. Yeah. Remarkable. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I don't have anything else. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it for uh, for this episode. Yeah, so if you liked what you heard, guys... Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts from as A Good Drop All About Alcohol. We are also on the socials, Facebook and Instagram as A Good Drop Podcast. Yeah, And we've got a, a good old-fashioned website where there's a big backlog of previous episodes, agooddrop.com.au. And if you've got any comments, questions, feedback, suggestions for future episodes... If you've got a bottle of wine that you swear by, send us an email to agooddrop at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next time when we sail the seas of spiced rum. Mm. It's been a long time since we've talked about rum. And we're into, we're looking for some different flavours. We are. We're, we're wondering where the spice came from. Mm. And we'll find out next time. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Until next time, cheers. cheers.